Welcome. You are listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's always better to hear it live, this is a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. Enjoy our latest installment. Shabbat shalom. On the first free night that my husband Ben and I had after moving here, a night when neither of us was working late and we felt we could take a short break from furniture shopping for our then empty apartment, we went to see Come From Away, the hit Broadway musical about a small town that comes together to house, feed, and cheer up 7,000 people stranded there when their planes were grounded on 9-11, a true story. It was an incredible show. I know that many of you have seen it and loved it as well. And tomorrow is its final Broadway performance. So in honor of Come From Away's closing weekend, I thought we could talk about some of the important lessons about coming together that we can all take away from this powerful show. There are two types of coming together that occur in the plot. The first is the Newfoundlanders, who, though nervous about the influx of visitors, seem to derive great meaning from their ability to help out. They donate food, clothing, space in their homes, and so much time to making the plain people, as they call them, as comfortable as possible. This coming together happens right away, as soon as they realize what is about to happen. They acknowledge, We've got 7,000 scared and angry people who don't want to be here, and they're about to wake up in a crowded room filled with strangers sleeping. Their mission is immediately clear to them, from feeding people to comforting those who've lost someone, to providing phones for people to contact their loved ones, to opening their homes, to cheering up a plane full of children who are on their way to Disney World. We see the Newfoundlanders work together even the ones who had been arguing about their own personal business just minutes before. And this shift in attitude is immediate. The second type of coming together takes much longer. The coming together of the people on the plains with one another and with the Newfoundlanders. These come from a ways are in crisis and all they want to do is return home return to their normal lives, turn back the clock, and erase this tragedy. They are single-focused. How can I go home? Nothing else seems to matter to them, understandably. This is not a gathering of people who want to be together. This is a gathering of people who must be together. When we think about the Israelites who left Egypt, they too were a community by necessity. Sure, they had lived together for generations back in Egypt. And hopefully that means that some of them had nice relationships with one another. But that doesn't change the fact that if they had wanted to splinter off, they could not have. They were wandering in a desert with Moses directing them, led by God, escaping a horrifying fate back in Egypt. There was no option to leave the group and go off on one's own. 
We are so lucky that when we show up in community, we are here because we want to be here. Sometimes wanting to be here feels exciting and joyous, like when we show up to celebrate Aaron and Alice's B'nai Mitzvah. And sometimes wanting to be here isn't quite as exciting. Maybe it's a time when you wish you were still in your pajamas, or if you're watching from home, maybe there's a part of you that's curious what else is on TV right now. But ultimately, regardless of why you chose to be here, you chose to invest your time and energy in being in community. But the Israelites in our Parsha, and for 40 years leading up to this moment, have not been so lucky. They are a community of necessity. In Come From Away, the captain of the plane, Beverly, shares the hard news with the passengers that the American airspace was remaining closed and that they'd be staying in Newfoundland for some time. The plane people are thrown into despair. But that despair eventually gives way to coming to terms with their situation. We see how their perspectives change. The most powerful moment of this process of coming to terms is when they pray together. It's a profound realization they have that they are powerless to change the facts on the ground so they turn to the all-powerful. One man who has had a song stuck in his head since it appeared to him in a dream shares, I suddenly realized what that music from my dream was. It was an old hymn from when I was a kid. I haven't been to church in years, but for some reason, that song was in my head. People of all different religions sing their prayers on top of one another, in beautiful harmony, including Jews praying Oseh Shalom. And every once in a while, the separate prayers come together into make me a channel of your peace where there's despair in life, let me bring hope, where there is darkness, only light. The shift in perspective culminates when they all go out to a bar together to take their minds off the crisis in the world. They share drinks and laughs they even end up putting together a ceremony to make the visitors honorary Newfoundlanders. It's a beautiful and lighthearted scene, one that can only happen once acceptance of their situation has set in. And here we are where the world has come together, a man says. Finally, the American airspace is opened and the planes take off one by one. People on the plane pass around a hat where they put whatever cash they have left to donate back to the island of Newfoundland, to thank them for everything they've done. When they get home, one passenger reflects, my dad asks, were you okay where you were stranded? How do I tell him that I wasn't just okay, I was so much better? The visitors were able to turn their experience from one of obligation to one of inspiration. I wonder, if the Israelites in biblical times were able to do the same in the desert, if they could put aside their fatigue and enjoy any amount of specialness of their 40-year-long experience. Ultimately, we'll never know. For a lot of us, it's hard to fully imagine what it would be like to be in a community by necessity, as opposed to a community by choice. But we try to put ourselves in their shoes peeking into the promised land, knowing that their journey of wandering and more importantly, their time in forced community was coming to an end. 
This week, we read about the moment that Moses has long been dreading when God comes to him and says, this is it. You have reached the end of your days. You have one more chance to impart all the wisdom you've gained in your 120 years of life. Yes, Moses lived to 120 and we're told that he was just as sharp on his final day as he'd ever been. One more chance to get your point across. And how does Moses choose to do it? Or I should say God chooses for Moses to choose to do it in the form of a poem. Now we heard about his expressing anger earlier and he does express his anger, but then he says, I'm going to share a poem, not a methodical list, not a concise accounting of events, but a poem. I can't imagine the vivaciousness I would need to have at 120 years old on the last day of my earthly life to decide that my deathbed speech was going to be in the form of a poem. We don't read that poem until next week, but we read this week that the poem is coming. When I imagine the Israelites camped just outside of the promised land, grumbling about the little annoying habits of the people they've had to wander through the desert with for 40 years, and then I realize that Moses is about to recite a poem for them, I can't help but smile. I can't help but think that maybe, just maybe, in the midst of the complaining and grumbling, they were able to find some inspiration in one another, some joy in their coming together, something poetic about their community. Even if it was forced community all along, and even if they are eager to leave it. The truth is there's magic that happens in community. We pray that all of our moments of gathering throughout our lives are by choice, but people come together no matter what the occasion is. That's just part of what it is to be human, our ability to bond with other humans. When we gather together in prayer or in ritual or in study or in crisis, we inspire one another. We learn from one another. Our minds and hearts open to new perspectives that we'd never considered before. It's why during COVID, it was so important for us to keep gathering by Zoom and live stream, and we didn't just give up and stay isolated. Now, when it's easy to once again take gathering in community for granted for so many of us, it can feel like a big effort to get up and put ourselves in a community environment, especially at a time of year when we have holiday after holiday. Sometimes we'll wish we could just stay home, but when we show up, we open ourselves to the possibility of inspiration. The travelers in Come From Away and the Israelites in the desert had no choice but to show up in community. They couldn't choose to stay at home. And yet, those who were open to it found inspiration. If they could turn their community of obligation to a community of inspiration, certainly we too can find in our community by choice, inspiration, beauty, and joy. Shabbat Shalom. Oh. 
Thank you for listening to Park Avenue Podcasts, a place to be to catch the music, sermons, and select programs of Park Avenue Synagogue. If you like what you are hearing or want to learn more about the community, please check out our website at www.pasyn.org. See you in shul.